Nehemiah is one of the Old Testament history books written about 400 years before birth of Jesus making it almost 2,400 years old and theological scholars generally think the book was written by Ezra as it is similar in style to the book of Ezra and that it comes before it in the Bible and although the Jews had been able to return to their homeland after years of being exiled by the Babylonians and had rebuilt the temple an attempt at rebuilding the walls had failed under attacks from enemies so the remains are still in ruins the main theme of the book is Nehemiah's concern for Jerusalem and the Hebrew people he wanted them to dedicate themselves to fasting and praying and to see them encouraged and motivated to rebuild the walls I'm going to read through chapter 1 of Nehemiah then explain how this chapter influenced me in my belief that God wanted a church in this area The book of Nehemiah on page 228 in your your church Bible there, okay? The book of Nehemiah chapter 1 The words of Nehemiah the son of Hakali And it came to pass in the month of Chislu In the twentieth year as I was in Shushan the palace and Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left in the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days, and fasted and prayed before God of heaven, and said, I beseech thee, O O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments, Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel thy servant and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt corruptly against thee and I have not kept the commandments nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest my servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye turn unto me and keep my commands, commandments and do them, through they were 
of you cast out of the uttermost parts of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them into the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these things are thy servant, servants and thy people, whom thou hast redeemed by the great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let thou thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant, and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant, this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I am the king's cupbearer. Nehemiah has an important role as the king's cupbearer, and his position within the palace of Shushan is one of relative importance and comfort, but he's not content because he knows that his people have been unable to complete the building of the walls and are discouraged. The task seems enormous and they have lost the desire to complete what was started. I think we can all relate to to that at times when we need someone to encourage us to finish what's been started. God really burdened Nehemiah with a desire to see the walls finished and the people encouraged by the completion of the task. Nehemiah is so distraught at the plight of the people and he cries and mourns for them. And I guess in just the same way as we'd cry over our children if they made unwise choices and went down a path that we knew was harmful to them. He fasts and prays before God. Two disciplines we'll look at more detail in coming weeks. But both of which are just as relevant today as they were in the time of Nehemiah. He pleaded for God to have mercy on his people and includes himself in this prayer, acknowledging that he also has failed to keep God's commands. He even reminds God of the promises that God made with his people that if they returned to him, he would be merciful towards them and bless them. And these verses really spoke to me and although the task of planting the church here in Carmichael is different. The burden is just as great as Nehemiah's burden for the people of Jerusalem. I have a great desire to see a church here that ministers to people and is actively, actively involved in community life. It wasn't all plain sailing for Nehemiah. He faced a lot of opposition and challenges and I believe God will stay faithful to us, to us in our church plant here in Helmsborough, just as he stayed faithful to Israel and the walls were rebuilt. I know some of you here today will be wondering what we are about and I want you to show you from scripture how, as a church, we share in fellowship together. If we turn to the book of Acts chapter 2, on page 470 of your Bible, 
and verse 42 we see here we see here is a, a description of of the first church fellowship being set up where we read in verse 42 and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers we see here four marks of the early church listed here number one the apostles, the apostles' doctrine. And this is simply those things taught by the apostles, by Jesus, before his ascension to heaven. They are now written in scripture for us to use as our guide for daily living. And number two, fellowship. The participation and sharing. And this is what we'll look more into. And thirdly, we see the breaking of bread, which covers some of the aspects of the Lord's Supper and larger fellowship meals. And fourthly, prayer in the house in the in these house meetings and at the temple church. And these four points that where it mentions in verse forty two steadfastly has an idea of giving continual attention something and devoted to it they were devoted to prayer they were devoted to breaking of the bread they were devoted to fellowship and the apostles doctrine so what is fellowship in the book of Acts we read about the first church plant or fellowship shortly after Jesus was taken up to heaven Peter was preaching and the Holy Spirit came down among the people and 3,000 were converted. Sometimes when people think of having fellowship, they think of coffee, cake and a good natter. But fellowship is more than just coffee and cake. Although it's good too, it's good too but we also have both at the end of this meeting. And but one of the things that I have I love about getting deeper into the Bible is looking at the Greek words in the original text. I look up the fellowship that we have here in Acts two forty two and in the Greek it's called Tonona. It actually means sharing, unity, close association, partnership, participation and communion, communion. And these words give fellowship a stronger, deeper meaning than just friendship. When God's people meet together, the elements of Konona come into play. Like in verse 45 and 46 of Acts 2, we see the believers selling and sharing material goods to see to, to that the needs of all, all the Believers were met. They also they were also partners of the gospel of Jesus Christ, sharing their trials and victories with one another, supporting one another and encouraging each other. Unity in and through the Holy Spirit causes a common connection between believers and cements them to the Lord and to each other. We welcome we become a family of believers, not bound together by blood, but 
by our common faith in Jesus Christ as Saviour. And that is why Christians often refer to their fellow believers as brothers and sisters in the Lord. My hope is that here in Kurt Michael and in Helensburg we'll, we'll have a kind of fellowship and I do pray with our outreach work through various things through Christianity Explored courses and meeting people that they will be convicted by their sin to come towards God in prayer because it is Him we have offended in asking for repentance, accepting that I have sinned against Him and being sorry for that and to turn and change direction from sin and putting faith in Jesus that you are the only Saviour as your only saviour, not by merely thinking he is a historical figure, but we are to call out to him and ask him for salvation, where it says in Romans chapter 10 verse 13, For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And those without Christ will be eternally lost. The human race has no reason, reason to feel proud, we should feel ashamed of ourselves. Do you feel your sins? Do you realise you cannot save yourself? To such Jesus spoke these words. Come unto me all ye that labour and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light so folk so folk here those who come to Jesus in repentance and faith shall be safe for time and eternity and really if you really feel burdened and want to talk about your salvation please talk to me after this meeting Amen